Okay. All right. All right, we'll fucking do it. I think we are. Can you hear like the fan in the back? Do you hear like a? No, I hear my fan in the back. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so <All right>. I can't <laughs> hear <yours>. Perfect. <laughs> good, 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 good. Because it's 10 million degrees. Well, I'm going to say that. Like, hey, if you can hear it, I'm going to go, fuck, it's so hot. Global warming. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I yeah. want to know how hot it is there. Just not good. Yeah, and if I move to Arizona, it's going to be just fucking worse. Oh, my God. Desert heat feels good, though. Hey, you know what? I will agree. That like being we'll have to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, okay. better, we'll, be, yeah. <laughs> we'll just talk about this on the podcast. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of Health Unfiltered. My name is Brooke, and I am joined by Just Row today. Just me. Woo! Give me a break, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I was about to say get our, my co-host, and it's like, oh, no, no, just the one co-host. We miss Nicole yeah. dearly, though. She's not feeling well. R.I.P. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's not feeling well. Yeah, she's she's sick. Actually, I don't know. I, we were just talking about how it's probably due to the heat, right? <laughs> Shout out our listeners. It's so freaking hot. I hope you are all surviving. How hot is it there? Uh, I think it's like 90, 98. Uh, What's the heat know. index? Like, what does it feel like? Oh, my God. Okay, let me whip out Google. Uh, like, like I just know. Like, oh, yeah, I take out the heat index. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It says it's 93, humidity 11%. But uh, Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not bad, except I haven't been able to breathe for a week. And just like, <laughs> it's so dry. Yeah, yeah I guess it's different. So, like, here, it's really humid, and the heat index is, like, 105 to 110. Uh, so, we're yeah, on I guess... the heat advisory. <laughs> Mine uh, heat index is 80 degrees Fahrenheit, so I guess I can't complain too much. Because um, you guys are all dying, all burning up, but... Oops! Make sure you drink your water with your electrolytes and your sodiums and your <laughs> whatever else. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird in the South, too. Uh, like, right here, I'm in North Carolina, and it feels like Mississippi, like the humidity. You go outside, and it just feels like you're choking and, like, drowning in water. Yeah. Like, that's how humid it is. That. Just a wet blanket being thrown on you. Ugh. Yeah, like you you just start to sweat as soon as you step out the door. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say that our, our swamp cooler is like holding up okay. Once it gets above like 90 degrees, then it starts to, it just doesn't work. So when it's like 100, I'm like, oh, I'm just sweating in my own home. This is good. So if you have air conditioning, shout out. I remember that life. I don't know what it's like anymore. I'd never even heard of a swamp cooler until you moved out to freaking New Mexico. <laughs> Same. I was like, why the fuck is this thing getting cold? And he's like, oh, it's a swamp cooler. And I was like, what is that? You told me it was <laughs> air conditioning. Like, yeah, but we mean like swamp cooler. Like, okay, very cool. Not the but same thing, but thanks. Not the same at all. How you doing, are Brooke? You... I'm okay. I should be drinking alcohol, but I'm not. What are you drinking? <laughs> same. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just have an amino energy again. Um, 
I uh, haven't lifted upper body for like two weeks and I'm going to try to lift um, after the podcast. So I was like, fuck yeah, I just fill myself with caffeine and get back to it and then start to enjoy my life again. Because, you know, Casey made a comment the other day. She hugged me and she was like, are you getting smaller? And I was like, no, I was just like, probably because you haven't worked out your upper body. And I was like, okay. So my relationship is not going well, if you're wondering. Thank you for that life update. Yeah, no. Actually, actually, it's going great. And today's her birthday. So I'm, this will come out on Friday. But happy birthday to the Happy birthday, LOML. Casey. Love you so much. Yeah, she's, she's 27. She's the podcast number one fan. Yeah, I know, right? She's uh, in her late 20s now. And so I told her that, you know, it's time for me to break up and find someone in their early 20s again and kind of ride that out no pun intended for you know four or five years and then do the same thing again so can't wait to check in at 12 30 <laughs> on friday and hear yeah. about you getting smacked in the face <laughs> we'll be at a wedding so she won't hear it she won't hear it <laughs> yeah. oh that's great oh man just nice. kidding happy birthday though love you yes happy birthday but, i'm not uh, drink- i'm drinking? have a sparkling water i'm mm, not drinking okay. alcohol i've got um LaCroix, which I just discovered Spindrift sparkling water. And I'm like, why have I been drinking LaCroix all these years? Spindrift is so much better. Is it another kind of um, sparkling water? Is that what you said? Yeah, and it actually has flavor. Oh, wow. Like, LaCroix just doesn't. It's Yeah, of course. But you see those jokes of like, it tastes like a banana's in the next room. You know, it's like, (laughs) that's what it's like. And so I really like Spindrift, but I drank it all. I got the Spindrift pineapple. It's my new favorite. Yeah. Yes. It is in the building. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe I'll have to try it out and still hate it like I hate all sparkling waters, but. I'm into it. Yeah. We do have. We do have a question of the week while you're coping, missing Nicole. (laughs) Am I supposed to be getting strong during a high volume block? My bench isn't going up and I just feel like I'm getting in my head. Yeah, um, this is a good question. Uh, One that I think a lot of people tend to have, especially when they're working out or like training for something specifically. Uh, the person that asks this, you know who you are. Shout out. Um, but I think it's important to understand that, like, based on and, and I guess today's episode, we're talking about programming. But it's this is how like you should justify whether strength declines or like plateaus or increases like are a good thing or maybe why it is or isn't happening. So during a high volume block, the main purpose is to obviously have like high volume. And what we're trying to do there is stimulate hypertrophy because you need to have a certain amount of volume load um, for your muscles to grow. And that's not the same thing as strength training, right? Where you would need higher intensities uh, with lower reps so that you could continuously kind of have high output in order to lift more. So if you're not getting stronger during a volume block, uh, a couple things could be happening, right? One, you're always, I mean, not always, but you are getting stronger, maybe just in a different way, right? So your 1RM may not go up because, again, you're not like training at that higher intensity. But if you go from bench pressing, you know, 135 for 8 and during this high volume block, then you can do 135 for 12, like, you got stronger, 
right? Like obviously you were able to put up more weight, more volume. And is that going to translate to a higher 1RM? Yes and no, depending on how you've been training uh, and depending on how fatigued you are. So that's one thing. Two, because it is high volume, you are under high amounts of fatigue. So even if you are maybe getting stronger uh, at that higher intensity, it'll be masked because your fitness will not be higher than your fatigue, depending on how high the volume is. Um, so it's just that you can't express it in that week or during those weeks, whatever. Um, and so what I like to tell clients and then also myself, because I get in my head too, is like focus on what the plan is for now. If we are trying to hypertrophy, then I shouldn't even be really thinking about strength gains, but I should take wins when my 225 is now 12 when it used to be 11. Like that's a good thing. I am getting stronger. Um, but if I go up five, 10 pounds, right, we might have an immediate drop off just because I haven't been practicing that. Um, so I may feel like I'm weaker and then you start to get in your head. So maybe that's what's happening with this person. Right. Um, but I think it's, it's like the, a combination of those two things is one, like, Maybe you're right, you're not getting stronger in that your 1RM isn't going up, um, but also like that's not the point. And then two, you can be just really fatigued and so you can't express that newfound strength um, because the whole point of a high volume block is to kind of be like almost redlining. So um, yeah, keep your head up. It's it's part of the process and I think you know, we, there are a lot of times where we get like these really cool wins. We're just like, oh, I'm just hitting PRs and PRs, even in volume blocks where you're like, yeah, like I'm going up five pounds every week or I'm going up two reps every week. And then we just hit a freaking wall and that's just life. It's part of training. And sometimes those plateaus last days, weeks, months, when you get really experienced, like people chase a five pound increase for like a whole year. It's just kind of a, kind of the name of the game, unfortunately, but part of why part of why we love it so yeah so yeah there's my answer to that nice i feel like that's good <laughs> advice it is really cyclical so not always gonna be the glamorous prs yeah yeah it's just like losing weight too or gaining weight right like sometimes it's just super linear and then for a month you're like i'm doing everything right i know i am and just things are not going well and then the week after it's like massive shift and you're like oh okay <laughs> Thank God I trust the process here. Exactly. I was just about to say that. I think this is why it's so important to enjoy the process and understand like there's joy in the journey because that's usually when you have the biggest breakthroughs is you can be consistent through that piece. Yeah. Consistency is key here. which We'll talk about a lot this episode too. I know. I'm excited. Today we're going to be going over things to consider with exercise programming how do our goals play a role in programming? What are different variables that you can manipulate? Is there a hierarchy? And really, we're just trying to make sure that this information gives some insight on how you can program for yourself or for clients or athletes. So this is a really, this is an episode I'm really excited about on a personal level. And I always get a ton of questions from clients. So I can just be like, hey, listen to Roe because yeah. he knows what he's talking about and I don't. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, super proud about That's this. all I want. For the free info, please build the base. <laughs> okay, so first question. In your opinion, what's the most important thing to consider when it comes to programming? Easy. <laughs> Easy answer. Uh, your goals, your time constraints, and your ability to be consistent. Um, and I think that's like, 
I think I'd put that in one, three, two order. So if I had to order it, it would be goals, your consistency, and then your time constraints. Uh, so the reason we say goals is because like humans are very malleable. We like respond really well to, although it doesn't seem like we don't like change, <laughs> first of all, but we respond well to it in that if I'm trying to chase strength and I do it correctly, I will get stronger. If I'm trying to chase size and do it correctly, I will get bigger, right? Um, like we, our muscles are very, are very plastic. Uh, so your goals have to set the foundation for what your exercise looks like. If you're like, hey, I just want to lose weight, then, you know, and there should always be kind of more goals than that. But if it's just weight loss, then, okay, I should do something that's going to expend a high amount of calories, right? If I'm not looking for anything other than just weight loss. Um, but if it's I'm trying to keep my strength up and maybe lose a little weight, like, okay, then it wouldn't make sense for you to do like these long, you know, circuit training workouts because you're not going to get stronger. And if that's your first goal, then it's kind of like you are, you're not, you're just not going to get there. It doesn't make sense. You're not being specific enough. So your goals are going to help you with your specificity for sure. Next is it's your consistency, which I think if we're being honest, does relate to your time constraints. Um, because if you are just starting and you have a whole life already, you know, you work a nine to five, you have hobbies already, you have a family, like your schedule is set and you're like, you know what, I want to get strong or lose weight or live it just a healthier lifestyle, whatever. I found this program that is seven days a week. Let me do it. Then it's never going to work out because you just don't have the time if you've kind of figured out your whole life to just be like, every day now, I'm going to spend an hour to two hours trying to do something. And it may last for a little bit, but like long term, we see that like it just you you stop working out for some reason because, oh, you know what? I'm really tired. I skip one day. Oh, I'm still kind of tired next day. And the next thing you know, it's been like, oh, I haven't worked out for three months. And it's because you just front loaded all your work and you didn't build like a good enough base. So if you can find a program that you can be consistent with, even if it's just once a week, right? Then if you do that for a month, you can build on to two times a week and then three times a week. And then from there, it's like, okay, now it's three times a week, but it's an hour instead of half an hour. Right. You make those subtle changes. So one, you're not as sore, but two, it's like you figure out what will work for you in your schedule. And it's not you you just being like, oh, I failed. Maybe this working out thing isn't for me because you just you just work. You just put too much in front of you at, at any time. Uh, and the time constraint thing, too, like if you find a program that says you got to be in the gym for two hours, but, you know, you have a family of four that and like and you are doing a bunch of other things like where are you going to fit two hours into to work out it's like oh i'll give up sleep yeah mm -hmm. but you need sleep right so that's like the worst uh, thing you could sacrifice <laughs> yeah. and trust me i know i used to work out at 3 a.m like and it was like i was like yeah i'm fine like this is really good for me and then once i started sleeping i was like wow i don't think i'll ever do that again and i might again at some point but like yeah you just once you're like it's like a bad relationship once you're removed from it you're like oh i used to do a a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing. Like I let that thing kick my ass when like 
it could have been much better if I just it's like listened. A, it's like a toxic ex. Like once you're out of it, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Crazy ass ex. <laughs> I'm supposed to feel better? That's crazy. Um, so yeah, just to, to recap that, your goals, your time constraints, and how consistent you can be are going to set the foundation for how you program and how effective it's going to be. So let me ask you this. I So I'm trying to think more recently the kind of questions I've been getting is I'm a big believer in daily movement, like 20 minutes of daily yeah. movement, light, mobility, walking, playing with your dog, yoga, stretch, you know, whatever. And then I start to try to advocate, especially for women, to start strength training. Like I'm a yeah. big believer that that's important. And the question they ask a lot is like, well, what's a minimum to see benefits <laughs> from strength training? And so yeah. like, how would you answer that as far as like, I love the idea of building a base to build up to, but like what would be two times a week, three times a week? Like what in your mind is a good, okay, I'm getting some good benefit. Yeah, <laughs> this is always a fun question too, because obviously like all these things, it depends, right? Um, the benefits of strength training are are outside of the gym and they're kind of hard to quantify, right? So um, one of my favorite things I like to talk about is my mom, when like for years, I was like, can we please just get you to be active and work out? Because I love the gym and I want other people to experience it. But also like my mom has always had lower back pain. And I was like, we just make you strong and robust. Like you'll have less pain, right? The more you move and, and whatnot. Um, she finally bought in and we've been working out for, I don't know, four years now or something. And one winter, like my dad couldn't, uh, he couldn't shovel the driveway and we have a huge fucking driveway. And she texted me and she's like, I did it all by myself. And the next day I was still able to move. And so I was like, yeah, that's, that's the awesome. whole point, right? That, that is a strength gain, right? That is a, a result that you saw that. You know, it took until winter because there was snow, um, but you can see it in in her in her lifting where it's like, yeah, now she presses, you know, 20 pounds and it used to be 15 and blah, blah, blah. Like it's not a huge change when you look at just five pounds. Right. But when you look at I have the ability to move a couch by myself, I don't need your dad for this. I can, uh, you know, uh, shovel the driveway like those are all good things that you see outside of a gym setting, right? Outside of paper, numbers on a paper. Um, that being said, like, you can also quantify it, right? So how, what's the minimum effective dose for like just strength, overall strength? There's a really simple formula. It's just like, I think it's just called the three to five rule. So if you, for three to five times a week, work out with three to five different exercises, with sets of three to five in reps of three to five, then you'll see results because it's such a, it's a weight or it's an intensity that three to five, that's like pretty high where you're pushing yourself to lift something that's pretty heavy. Like you can't do it more than five-ish times. And that's going to stimulate strength gains, right? We need higher intensities and heavier weights to get better at those things. And you can see those changes very quickly because of, as we've talked about in previous episodes, um, the strength comes from neural adaptations. So you may not see like physical changes very quickly, but you'll you'll see it really quickly when you're like, oh, I used to use five pounds literally just two months ago, and now I'm at 40 pounds. 
because your body is learning how to coordinate. It's learning how to fire. And so you're getting stronger because of that. So if you stick with that three to five rule, like even three to five months, right? <laughs> you, If you just want to extend it there, you'll see like really, really great gains in your ability to be stronger. And then eventually, you know, six to 12 weeks in, then you might start to notice um, muscular gains, especially if you're eating right, you're sleeping right and doing all the things that you need to do in order to like elicit muscle. Now that's just for strength, right? When it comes to like, I think Nicole talked about like, well, what's like, what do I have to do to, to not feel like I'm sitting too much or like how much work do I have to do to kind of negate so much sitting? And the American College of Sports Medicine, uh, ACSM has uh, this recommendation that adults should get 150 minutes of moderate activity um, per week or 75 minutes of like vigorous intensity. So that could be like, you know, you just doing like really hard sprints for a couple times a week or one time where for whatever reason, if you wanted to do things for 150 minutes, just like a long bike ride, right? And then you would be hitting like a quote unquote minimum. Um, how well that pertains to your goals, like really depends on what your goals are and whether you want to get fitter, just heart health and strength and whatnot. Um, but I think when it comes to minimums, like it's much easier than people think it is. Uh, but that's because we're being sold a lot of times where it's like, fuck yeah, bro, you got to come to the gym and you got to do two hours. And if you're doing anything less than that, it's not worth it. Like, no, anything is worth it more than doing nothing. So even if it's just once a day, lifting something really heavy once, that's, you'll see gains. It'll just take a lot longer. So I think for me, it was actually like, personal note was actually overcoming my own ego as like a former athlete and like fitness instructor and personal trainer where I used to train multiple times a day. I used to do crate like ridiculous burpee variations and like talk and teach through the whole thing. Like, (laughs) and so my fitness has changed a freaking lot since, you know, like my early twenties. And then I was in like this hardcore CrossFit world and all these things. And now my fitness looks so different. It's literally, I'm staring at it right now. I have a couple sets of light dumbbells, nothing crazy. 15s is my biggest set, a couple light kettlebells. And that's what I do. But that's better for me. And I've incorporated a bunch of other types of movement. And so I think it was getting over like what you described as like, I have to do this big serious thing to be a serious athlete it's like no like what's aligned with my goals what can I can commit to with my life and what can I be consistent with and have fun and not feel overwhelmed and so I I love the way you explained that yeah I mean if you zoom out right like if you exercise for only two times a week but you do it for 10 years that's going to be way better than someone who does it six days a week for six months and then just does nothing after that because they burned out or only did it for two years, right? Because you have eight years on that person because you were just consistent. And, you know, hopefully we all live long lives. I mean, not me. I hope I die young. But like, you know, it's like if you do it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and it's like you kind of become unstoppable like because you're like, oh, I I have the capacity to to move and do whatever I want to. And I I don't have to use like a walker and whatever just to get out of bed and 
it that just it just sounds better. But I think that's because I'm almost 30 now. You know, when I was 18, I was like, nah, it sounds like bullshit. You should definitely just try to get jacked all the time. But, you know, being a youth is is dumb. <laughs> it felt cool when I could like deadlift a lot. I still I have for my, sure. I still chase that. <laughs> I still have like this hot my hot pink like lifting belt from when I used yeah. to lift really heavy. <laughs> and I won't get rid of it. I'll never need it again because yeah. that's not how I train. But it's just like a part of me that's like, I used to be cool and be able yeah. to like, deadlift <laughs> over 200 pounds. Oh my God. I feel really old. Good. I know. <laughs> Anyways, so I want to talk about some of these variables you had mentioned when you're describing the three five to five rule, which I really liked. So yeah. when it comes to programming, what are the different things that we can manipulate to put some variability into our routine? Yeah. Um, so in, uh, uh, I guess in like undergrad, you're, you're taught the fit principle. It's like frequency, intensity, uh, time. And there's another T that I forget, which is hilarious because I'm getting my PhD in this shit. Um, but, you know, that's like an, an easy thing to think about. But I kind of like to think about it in in uh, kind of an overview because I think that the fit principle kind of misses out on a lot of things. So exercise selection, right, is a, is a huge one. I think a lot of people will be like, well, what's the best exercise for A, B, and C? And it's like, well, there is almost always no best exercise for anything um, unless you are trying to get better at that thing, right? We talked about specificity. If you were a power lifter, you obviously have to squat, bench, and deadlift. If you are just someone who's like, I'm just trying to get healthier. I want my joints to feel good. Like I want to get bigger. Like you can do all of that without ever touching a barbell, which is like something that I've changed my mind over the past, uh, I guess, 12 years when I was 18, uh, because it was like, yeah, everyone should squat, bench, deadlift. And, and I do believe that like, if you can do those things, it means you have a higher capacity, you can lift heavier, it's a stronger thing, but you don't need to do those things. So exercise selection is like, if I want my legs to grow, whether I squat, lunge, leg press, leg extend, as long as I'm getting the amount of volume I need on them to grow, it doesn't really matter. Now, are different exercises going to be a bigger bang for your buck. Yeah. I mean, with the squat, you can, you know, you're kind of loading your whole system. Uh, but that also means that the the central nervous system gets fatigued a bit more because it is a higher load. So you kind of have to weigh that as well. Uh, but the difference between, you know, a lunge and a, a leg extension, like maybe some more core muscle activation or whatever. But if you're like, I just want my legs to be big, then you just pick whatever works. Next, we have intensity uh, and volume, and those are inverse. So as intensity goes up, volume should be going down. Uh, in that, if you have a 1RM, so maximal, one repetition maximum, if that's 100 pounds, right, that means you can only lift it once. We have this, like, chart that the NSCA came out with that 97% of it, of 100, so 97 pounds, you should be able to lift twice right and then 93 percent, you should be able to lift three times and it's kind of like just these guidelines that we've seen enough times where it's like yeah the math checks out right but strength is is cyclical you can have really good days and really bad days and sometimes like your your one rm is not what you think it is um but as intensity goes up because you can only do it once like that's 100 pounds 
But if I do 95 for two, right, then that's 95 times two. So volume is going to be higher. Um, and you just see that going, you know, inverse as you get down with lower intensities, volume is going to go up. So those two things are always kind of hand in hand. And then you have sets, right, and reps, which is what I think everyone is kind of familiar with. I'm doing three sets of 12 reps. So the, the repetitions are built into the sets. And those are things that you, I mean, is there a real difference for hypertrophy between five sets of 10 and 10 sets of five? No, because there's like 50 pounds in total. And as long as the volume is matched, it should be fine. But is there a difference between five sets of 10 and 10 sets of five for strength gains? Yes, because as we've talked about, you need specificity. You need to work at higher weights in order to get stronger or at least uh, in a one repetition maximum sense. So that would be appropriate to be at that higher intensity. It, you would just need more sets to kind of equate volume. Um, but yeah, so that's what we mean by sets and reps. Now, frequency is the next one. So yeah, I can work out and get 60,000 pounds of volume on me, which is so much. Uh, but if I do that once a week, then I have six days to heal, right? And then I go again. If you try to do that three to five times a week, you're just going to die pretty much, right? Like you're going to be really tired. Um, your inflammatory response is going to be increased because, you know, you are dealing damage. And so your chances of getting sick are now higher because your immune system is kind of like on high alert just because you keep beating the shit out of yourself. And so frequency also works along with the intensity and the volume because we want to have enough rest time to where we can be high volume or we can be high intensity. Um, so frequency is always kind of a product of the intensity and the volume. Next is order of exercise. Uh, you know, with order of exercise, I think you want to almost always start with a big compound lift because you're gonna be fresh, you're gonna be strong. And with the bench press, I can hit more, more muscles than I can with just a tricep pull down, right? That's just my triceps. Whereas with the bench, it's like my chest, my triceps, my shoulders, maybe some upper back stability, uh, depending on how we're benching. So in the grand scheme of things, whatever you like to do first, go ahead and do that, especially if you're like, hey, this is my carrot, right? Like if I do this, then I have to do the other things. Or I like to do my favorite thing at the end only if I get through all these other things that I hate to do. You know, kind of learn what works best for you. Um, but if you want your biggest bang for your buck, like heavier compound movements at the beginning and then the rest kind of whatever you think needs to work on. And then the two now that I think are, are people are starting to focus more on are rest periods and time under tension. So rest periods um, are always kind of contentious, but it's because it depends on the goal at hand. So if I am trying to lift the most amount of weight in a certain set, would I want less rest or more rest? Like the obvious answer here is that I want more rest because then I'm more like my ATP stores are, are more resynthesized. Like I feel more fresh to go. But if I'm, if I'm trying to lift 95% of my one RM and I give myself two minutes and then the next time it's two minutes, the next time it's two minutes, like 
eventually either I'm not going to hit those reps the way uh, I'm not going to hit them. So I won't get it for two or uh, the quality of those repetitions goes down. And then at that point, like, am I learning bad motor patterns? Are my neurons firing the way they're supposed to? Probably not. But if you are like, hey, this is just going to be an intense 20 minute Tabata where I'm trying to jack my heart rate up, I'm trying to sweat, then yeah, you should have shorter rest times. But that's because the goals are very different. One is strength and hypertrophy. The other is more cardio and like, you know, kind of building a different strength because it's kind of like, you know, lower weights. And the time under tension thing is, is, uh, it's really cool. Um, so we published a study, I think recently, it was my, um, my friend's dissertation on time under tension. And we found that like, whether it was, you know, uh, I forget what it was specifically, but like four seconds down and two seconds up compared to just like one for one, uh, there was no difference when it came to the signaling for um, muscle hypertrophy because all we're doing is matching load. And so if you have the same amount of load, then it doesn't matter whether you use slow reps or heavy reps. Now, or sorry, slow reps or fast reps. The trade-off though is that with fast reps, you can't use as heavy weight. But with slow reps, you can use heavier weights, right? Because like you kind of have to control it a little more and you just can't move 200 pounds faster than you can 400. Like that's just physics, right? Like it just doesn't work that way. Um, but going back to specificity, if you are an athlete, most of your training should be done quickly, right? Unless you're trying to learn a movement or you're in a um, an eccentric block or whatever, why would you train yourself? Because it is neuromuscular, right? Your brain is trying to figure things out to be slower or train slower and then think that you can outrun somebody or have higher acceleration or more agility out in the field. Like it just doesn't make sense. So those were the, um, the variables that we can kind of mess around with a lot. Exercise selection, intensity, sets, uh, frequency, volume, order of exercise, rest periods, and then time under tension. And I kind of gave an idea of what all of those things can um, affect, I guess. Amazing. So zooming out, how many times a week would you recommend someone works out? Like, do you think every day movement should be prioritized every other day? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think movement should be prioritized like every day, right? But working out and movement are different things, right? Like physical activity and exercise have different names for a reason because going on a walk is physical activity. It's non-exercise activity time. It's how we will burn most of our calories throughout the day. Because if you think about it, like if I'm working out for an hour, even if it's like super intense hour, I still have 23 other hours where I like, okay, well, let's say we sleep for eight hours, right? I still have 15 hours where I'm moving around, I'm doing things like that is going to burn more calories than really any workout is. Uh, even if you like go for a mar run for a marathon, because those three hours, four hours, however fast you run it, are high intense, actually the low intensity, but you're burning a lot of calories. 
but it does take energy to bring you down from there. And then also how often you're running a fucking marathon, like not that often, right? Um, so how many times a week should you be working out? As many as you need to hit your goals, right? Like if your goal is you just want to be like strong, I don't care about how I look. I just want to be strong. Then maybe five days a week, but that's because you're going in there, you're hitting high intensities and then you're leaving, right? You can recover from intensity much faster than you can volume uh, because it doesn't beat you up, right? So if I am going to hit a 500 pound squat, yes, in the moment, it is like heavy and whatever. But if I'm like healthy enough to, to handle that weight, the next day I can come back and hit a, you know, 300 pound bench. These are obviously not my numbers. I freaking wish, uh, <laughs> but I can hit a 300 pound bench, right? Like I'm still hitting heavy things. It's just every day and different exercises, but my neuromuscular system is being like primed. Like, oh, I'm always in a state of being able to lift heavy things. But if you're like, hey, I just really love to beat the shit out of myself, maybe once or twice a week because you need time to recover from that. Otherwise, you're going to beat yourself to a pulp. You are not going to get better. You're going to get weaker. You're going to start to lose weight. You're going to start to lose muscle mass. You're going to get sicker. So then it becomes like this effed up relationship that you have with exercise because you're like, oh, this means I'm not working hard enough. And then you start to work out more and then you get worse and it just becomes like really messed up. Um, so I think we should move every day, whether it's walks, yoga, just taking some time to do some like light stretches. Um, in my opinion, I think that we should be at least lifting heavy once a week, getting volume on us once a week. And as much as I hate to say it, doing something for a long period of time once a week, so like a cardio session where at like a lower intensity, and then doing something that spikes your heart rate once a week. Like if you can do all of those things once a week, so it's like working out four times a week, uh, then you're going to build a really great base. You're going to hit all different facets and your heart health is going to be better, your mental health hopefully gets better, right? There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but you will become stronger and then you'll start to see like, you know, the results that you are looking for, depending on what they are. And then you can, from there, be like, oh, I'll add in an extra day this, extra day this, blah, 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 whatever. So hard to answer, of course. But uh, I think that was a good answer though. That gave like good, good action, play by play. I like oh, it. Oh, look at me. I'm a professional. Woohoo! <laughs> I feel like a lot of these questions are hard to answer because the real answer is always when it comes to nutrition or fitness or health, it depends because yeah. it's so individualized. But I think it's good to have like, okay, we know this, but here are some good general guidelines and starting points. So I'm yeah, digging it. Sure. So when it comes to strength training and lifting weights, how does someone know how much weight they should be lifting when they're working out? Yeah, Good question. So these are all good questions. Right? Um, but what I like to do for, for someone who is just starting out, I you don't give them the, the perfect program because they're not perfect people, right? So, so much leeway has to be given just so that they can learn what their body responds to, things they do and don't like. Because again, we've talked about how consistency is like most important. So if I'm like, hey, you have to do three by 12 lunges then 
every time you get to it and you hate it, you're like, wow, this, this makes me not want to work out anymore. And hopefully by then you're telling your coach or whoever you're working with or yourself, like, I don't like this. Let me switch it. I just learned from Roe that exercise selection doesn't really matter, blah, 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 whatever. Quote me on it. Um, but I, it's also important for a person to kind of have a bit of rigidity. So it's, it's this weird play between like freedom to explore and then also like let's make sure that you are kind of stuck within these constraints. So I like to either tell someone like, hey, we're just doing three sets of eight to 12 because it's like in that quote unquote hypertrophy range where it's like you're getting some strain, some hypertrophy, whatever. Uh, and I say eight to 12 because most times people just stop at 10. And that's what I want, right? Because like if people think three by 10, that's just easy to remember. I just got to do 10 of these. I just got to do like, that's what human, I do. <laughs> you like zeros and fives, right? You're like half yep. whole, half easy. whole. Yeah. And so when someone's starting out, I'm almost always going to give them three sets of 10 just because it helps with the mentality of like, I just have to do 10. And then it's like a good range to get, like I said, a, a couple different types of um, benefits that, that we're looking for. Now, how much weight should I be doing for those 10? Right. It this is also where you explore, especially if you're new. The first time you pick up a dumbbell, right? I don't even remember when that was or what it was like, but you're like, oh, yeah, this is easy. And then you're like, I could probably do like 40 more pounds because like I don't know what that is, right? Like I don't have any sort of relevance for that. And then you pick it up and you're like, oh, shit, like that is way too heavy, right? We've all kind of done that. And plenty of times I still do it now where I'm like, it's just a 20-pound jump. But like percentage-wise, like, oh, that's <laughs> that's a lot, right? Um, what I like to do is say three times – there are three sets of 10, whatever, and pick a weight that you can still do two or three more times after. Because we also want to start building a base of not just going to failure every time, because that's going to put so much fatigue on you, uh, especially when you first start, that you're going to be really sore. Uh, your mentality for exercise might change because it goes back to like, you're just beating the shit out of yourself instead of enjoying getting stronger and enjoying the process. So if I can, let's say, like do one set at three sets of 10 and I grab a 50 pound dumbbell and that was it. Like I could only do like my last rep. I was like, I got it out. Well, in my mind, what I'm what I'm telling the person or what I'm telling myself is either drop down to 40 or 45, because if I can do 40, but still have two reps in reserves, like I could do two more. I'm just not going to. Then that's great. Because it's going to be enough for me to kind of stress my body, but not enough to where I'm going to have like high amounts of fatigue set in every set. And if I'm doing sets of three to 10 and I have four to six exercises, that's just so much. And by the end of it, you're like, I don't even want to do my last set because I'm so tired or my last whatever. And then we're leaving volume on the table, right? But if I can just say like, hey, I want to leave around two to three reps in reserve, almost always, especially at the beginning, then that means I'm still pretty fresh. Like I got a good workout in, in two days, I'll be ready to come back again, maybe try an extra rep here and there, um, see how much stronger I'm getting, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's just a way for us to kind of like hold ourselves back so that we can be ready for the next session, the next week, the next month of training. And we can consistently hit it instead of just being like, yeah, I can do through 10 
at 50 pounds once and then my whole workout is like shot. So how much weight should you be using when you work out? Something that allows you, especially if you're new, three to 10, but always leaving like two to three reps in reserve. And that'll change over time, right? Especially very quickly where you're like, oh, I could do that seven more times, like legitimately. But you'll learn as time goes on, like, well, is it going to be like a grindy two or three? Or is it going to be like a smooth two or three? And then your two or three is actually like four or five now because you kind of start to think about all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I like to tell my clients. That's what I like to tell myself. Do I listen? Depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a good base for, for people to start off at, um, especially when they're like super new. Yeah, I think that's great advice. How would someone's training change if the goal is weight loss? I don't, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I don't think it changes much. Um, I think I love exercise. Obviously, I picked exercise over nutrition for a multitude of reasons, but I understand that when it comes to weight loss and weight gain, nutrition plays a much larger role than exercise does. I mean, you'd have to be doing like days and days worth of straight exercise for it to be like, oh yeah, I can eat that thing and like it'll cancel out. Like, no, (laughs) you know, like you look at, and I'm not trying to like scare with calories or whatever, but you look at like a a sandwich, right? Uh, Two slices of bread, this is like 240 calories in it. We need those, right? Like, please eat. Um, but during like a normal lifting session where you are lifting and then taking a break cause you need a break or you're like dicking around with friends or you're sh- scrolling your phone, whatever, you're going to burn maybe, you know, two to 400 calories, depending on intensity. That's two bread slices, you know? <laughs> like, so when you put it in perspective like that, like, yeah, it's, it's great that you're trying to be healthier or whatever, but like, that's the wrong mindset. You shouldn't be like, I ate this thing. So now I have to go earn it. Like I have to go burn it because it just won't happen. You just, for a multitude of reasons, it's not going to work. But from this, just like you look at calorically dense foods or even just calories, like you, you just won't burn that off. So your focus shouldn't, shouldn't be like, how does my training have to change because I'm trying to lose weight? It's, you know, this is my time to get stronger, to get faster, to whatever. I should fuel myself for this if it's important to me and then cut it out when and where I need to somewhere in the day. Because like you you shouldn't you shouldn't starve yourself one to begin with like ever, but two, especially when you're trying to be at peak performance. Like it doesn't make much sense. Um, and the training itself, like the easiest thing to do would be like, Hey, add 30 minutes to an hour of walking or like cardio work, but not because you're like, Oh, I have to burn 500 calories before I can get off this bike. But just because like, it's, it's easy movement that we breathe in and out and we exhale and like that's how we're burning those carbons and like that's how we lose weight um so yeah i i don't ever really change things unless it's like hey add in an extra day of running or biking but even then it's like do something you enjoy so that you can like consistently do it instead of being like yeah spend an hour on a stair step or like fuck that 
I, 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 that is always, I hate that. I hate seeing people do it. I hate when people are like, yeah, just, you know, advocate for it. Like nobody enjoys a stair stepper. I don't care what you say. Uh, and then to do it for like 30 minutes to an hour is like actual hell on earth. But I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. That's hilarious. I think that exercise in my mind plays a really big role in the maintenance. Yeah. But I think with the weight loss, it's more about making sure that your energy intake is scaled appropriately to your oh. output. And instead of trying to manipulate your output, like you said, it's just this huge, like you're chasing this giant mountain. Like it's, yeah. you know, like if you're going to McDonald's and you're eating a meal that's like 1500 calories, like good luck. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like that, that shouldn't luck. be your your method. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And, and it, you know, it's, I think as people start to like learn more and whatever, they, they start to realize that like, oh, I could like kill myself right here in the gym and it would still only be three, 400 calories. And like you said, uh, this like a basic meal should, should or might be anywhere from 800 to 1500 calories. Like you just can't, <laughs> I'm sorry, you just can't. And it sucks to hear, it sucks to say, but that's why I, I love that you said that like it's about maintenance because yeah, you want to keep up your strength, your livelihood, your, your gains and all the stuff that you work for. Right. Um, but to cut that out in the hopes that you will also lose weight, it's like, I don't know. It's a bad trade off in my mind. Yeah. I would say it's harder if someone's just starting out and they're totally new to movement, then I would say like movement will be a part of someone's weight loss journey. So again, it depends, but, (laughs) um, I think that you brought up some really good points and that the like dumb quote you see on the internet, like you can't out train a bad diet is very factual. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just, just bro stuff, but it's real. Yeah. It is unfortunate. So what's your opinion when it comes to workout intensity? Like when someone's training, how intense should it be? Should it be varied maybe session to session? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, uh, this one, I got I got into a conversation. I almost had an argument, but it was a conversation um, <laughs> a couple of weeks back. Um, so when you chase goals, right, like we, we should be intense about that right we should be intentional about what we're doing in order to get to some sort of end so if i want to gain muscle right i have to work out intensely now what does that mean because when we look at intensity from a weight standpoint or like weightlifting standpoint that means the amount on the bar right? Like high intensity means closer to your 85, 90%, 100% 1RM. But can you train in with intensity with lower weights? Like, yeah, of course you can. And you should because like lifting should be a time where you are actively trying to push yourself to better yourself or just to kind of like, you know, see like, you know, how much, how much further can I go today? Right. Within reason, because I mean, like I said, you don't want to just burn out every time. But you can lift with intensity even in that. Let's go back to that three three sets of 10 with eight reps in reserve, right? Or sorry, with two reps in reserve. Uh, you can still do those things with high intensity, right? Are you moving the bar or the weights as fast as you can? Are you 
focused so much on it that like you are trying to feel the stretch of the muscles and stuff like that is intensity. It's it's like mental intensity though, right? It's not like, you know, you're not thinking about the weight on the bar, but you're like, how is this affecting me? You're totally locked in, right? You are going to have much better results. You're going to feel better if you are locked in like that compared to like, if you're just the entire time having a conversation with someone or you're like watching a video along with it. And that's not me like taking away from people who do that. Like some people need that. They thrive on that. Like that's good for them. I have always been someone who like works out alone, maybe with someone, but like, it's like not like we're having conversations. It's very much like, did you get your shit done? Yes. Okay. Let's move on. What's next? So like intensity is, is, is kind of this multifactorial thing. I think when it comes to lifting, because like you can walk into the gym and you can be intense about what you're going to do and you should be intentional. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should go to failure every time because that is intense, right? Like it's very intense. I just did it last uh, week and I'm like so freaking sore. You know, that's for uh, another topic. But that was what we we're trying to do was like to create high amounts of damage. You don't want that when you're working out, when you're trying to work out consistently or you're trying to reach some goals because then you just, you won't survive. So I like the idea of reps in reserve because it allows you to still be intense, but then like scale back when you need to. Um, And it's not you just like having a bad relationship with yourself or the weights because you're like, if I'm not getting my heart rate up to at least 180 or I'm not leaving the place you know, crawling, then it wasn't a good exercise. Like that's too intense. That is not intentional enough. And I think that's kind of where like a a paradigm shift has to happen in your brain where you're like, oh, every rep was intense, but I didn't burn myself out. And it's, I think that comes with time too, because you learn. Yeah, for sure. I think this was a good conversation, definitely for someone getting started and hopefully... A big piece and a big takeaway here is that you have a lot of variability and stuff in your control where you can still get so much out of your exercise, but make it work for you, make it fun for you, make it variable and do things you enjoy. So I think this is like a really good conversation for someone. And I know I learned a lot and find it really helpful as I'm like figuring out this new age of fitness for (laughs) me, you know, it's like, well... No more weightlifting belt and hardcore CrossFit workouts. Nah, you can still do that stuff, you know? I No, <laughs> my body is not, no, my body is not like that. I yeah. do miss barbell work and that hopefully will be a thing again. I just don't have that right now, but. Yeah, I think, I think, know? I love that you also said that like, you know, I guess two things first, like if it, you love and miss barbell work, but like you just can't do it right now, whether it's because lack of, access or like it just hurts whatever like if you really let's say something hurts so for me like squat especially after back surgery like still feels weird but I do enough and I have done enough for the past five years to kind of build back up to it where it's like I can do it it's definitely not as heavy as it used to be but it feels good to do it but that's a choice that I made like yeah I'm okay with being uncomfortable for the day or two after it because 
for whatever reason, it increases my quality of life <laughs> mentally. Definitely not physically, mm-hmm. but mentally, right? Um, but like, that's a choice that I made, right? And then also, you said like, you know, do things that are like, that you enjoy for sure. But it's also a time where you explore the things you don't like. And then like, hey, it would probably serve me well to do this back exercise or to focus more on my glutes or to my hips or whatever. Because if something like hurts when you do it and the form is right, there's just weakness there. And so if we can build those things up, get you stronger, then two years from now, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember I couldn't do that. But now I can. And now I also can jump and, you know, do things that I haven't been able to do since I was like 15 because I just worked my way up to it. So, yeah, of course, enjoy it. But I think you also have to like, all right, it's a time for me to like kick my own ass and be like, what are the boundaries that I can like kind of push a little bit? That's why, which is why I love lifting so much. But yeah, I don't know what you're saying, why that made me cut in like that, but maybe you're being too <laughs> no, that's soft. A good point. Too soft in you, you. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Always yin and yang, but we balance yeah. each other out. <laughs> I guess. Amazing. Well, I will close us out here. Definitely follow us, rate, share, subscribe. It helps the podcast grow. Uh, you can follow us at Health Unfiltered Pod on IG and definitely send us questions, whether you want to DM us individually or the podcast. We would love mm-hmm. to hear from you and we we love to hear the questions because we'll literally make entire episodes out of it like <laughs> yeah. this one. Um, so let us know what you would like to hear. We're all currently accepting clients. Ro is clearly the Mr. Exercise guy. He knows everything about performance and programming. That was a new one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my um, new title. I'm Mr. Exercise guy. Thank you. Nicole, who was not here, but I know she'll be back next episode, hopefully feeling her best. She is our intuitive eating health at every size dietitian. My name is Brooke, and I am a dietitian that specializes in solving digestive and hormonal symptoms and supporting active lifestyles. So on that note, Ro, would you like to take us out? Of course. Play that music. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Bye.